Whether you're new to pool and practicing the basics or a more experienced player performing drills to improve your shot making and positional play, the Drill Partner is perfect for you. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Dogging It. What's up, Melina? How you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. How are you? You're not doing good. You were just crying and whining. So why don't you tell everybody what's your problem? <sighs> okay, so here's the deal. We were. I'm gonna vent. I'm gonna vent for a little bit, and then we'll get on to our guests. So we were supposed to go live last night. We didn't. Then we get up in the morning and Joey. Tell them why and, we didn't go Joe. live, and tell them how nasty you were to me. Because Joey doesn't understand time zones. That's why we didn't go live. So. Um, <laughs> That's Look, when it. you tell in, me in, in a nutshell, when you tell me 9 p.m. Look, nobody follows 7 p.m. nobody follows Arizona time Early. on Earth. Nobody follows Arizona time on Earth. So anyway, Joey gets hot and heavy in the morning and ready to work, and I got all these ideas. And so I drop off my daughter at school. I'm taking my pre-workout. I'm heading to the gym, and I'm ready to go stretch. And then my phone rings, and it's Joey. And then I spend 20 minutes on the phone. Completely lose all my momentum. It was a terrible workout this morning. I tell you what, so I, I can't just don't win. Have the same. I don't got the same energy. I can't win for losing. You know, it's like when I when I wasn't calling you with ideas and working on the podcast. Like, where are you, man? And now it's now that's fair to say. You're right. I listen. I will take this any day. Next time, I'll just take my Bluetooth because usually I'll leave these bad boys here just whenever I do a show. I, I usually don't take them whenever I, I leave the house. But yeah, I'll, well, hey, I'll look, handle that shit. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this discussion today. Uh, we have a buddy of ours on who also is now a Patreon sponsor of the show. Um, and it's Jack Murray from Mob Productions. And uh, Mob, if you guys don't know, has been doing some high-dollar entry tournaments now for really the last couple years. And uh, they also do the Salado hit list, uh, the Mob hit list through Salado. Um, but... Their tournaments, I think, are the big thing that people are really getting behind and getting excited about because the paydays are extreme for pool players. And so uh, we asked Jack to join us. So, Mike, you want to go ahead and uh, let Jack Murray in so we can talk about some of the events they have coming up. What's up, Jack? Hey, guys. Yo, yo. welcome, buddy. Good morning. How are you, you guys uh, awake over there? I guess I'm in the Pacific time zone. Never mind. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah, with, you're with Joey. Yeah, you're with Joey. Yeah. 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 How, how things been, Jack? Uh, how's the pool scene in Las Vegas looking? Uh, Vegas pool scene is always is always good. Uh, there's a lot of activity here, a lot of things going on. Um, we're getting towards the cooler weather seasons. So a lot of the league tournaments, the world championships and national championships have all passed out. But there's always a lot going on here in Vegas. Yeah. Well, you guys have an event that's coming up really in what, two weeks or less? And, uh, yeah, uh, October 14th and 15th. I think it's right around three weeks, but we're close. We're, okay. round, we're rounding up. It, it's coming up quick. It's called the Megalodon, mm-hmm. and it's six ninety nine and under Fargo capped. Is that right? Yes, six ninety nine and under Fargo capped with uh, 500 plus robustness. Um, okay. Players had to be six ninety nine or lower when we announced the tournament as well as when they register. But it's a thousand dollar entry. Uh, how do you know if they were like if they want to register now, but they've gone up? How do you know they were then uh, by that so, date? So I have the ability because I'm also a BCA pool league operator that uses Fargo Rates League Management System to see a player's history in that oh, sense. Wow, okay. So I can see what they were on the date of announcement and trends in that aspect. But 
Another thing that's also important that isn't quite that exact note is we also require all players that play in our high entry events to make their um, their data public on the Facebook or the Fargo Rate app, um, so that we and everybody else can see the entire data history of players. In that break sense. that down for me for someone who doesn't use uh, who doesn't you know I'm not Perfect. too versed in, in, in all that. So let me just uh, I'm going to use my props. I've got my phone here with the Fargo Rate <laughs> app. Okay. With it, uh, if you tap the, um, the the menu, go to settings. There's an option for sharing right here. That's just for the people who want to do it. I know that's not exactly what Mike was looking for, but let me go to um, Joey. Is yours set to share? Yes, I think. All right, so you can me... see everybody that they've played that account that how it brings up their their Fargo right where it where it is yes. in, in a nutshell. Exactly. And what it is, is, is here's Joey Ryan. Uh, it shows his entire data history, all the players, the dates, the events, the scores of each match. Hey, I so, should have won that match against Stan Louie. Okay. Well, yeah, you I'm, I'm, I'm sure a ball skidded, right? Yeah. You want to talk about a dog. My man was, <laughs> like six, was like six, two going to seven on the bar table and couldn't put him away. <laughs> Dan Louie's a great player. You did beat up on this guy down here at uh, the BCA, this Jack Murray guy. Oh, okay. I, I remember that said it kind of yeah. hurt. Yeah. But, I got that uh, going for me. And um, But that's the, the great thing about that is it is it allows not only us to see everything, but everybody else that's playing in the tournament. You know, they, we, have, we put the player list on our website. Everybody can see the data on that aspect too. So, But that's one thing we do require for eligibility that you have that public. Do you think by having that uh... – the player list public that that can kind of be a, a detriment to you guys and maybe trying to fill with these higher dollar high dollar and then higher Fargo rated cap tournaments. Well, I don't know if, if putting a player list out hurts that um, because when you're talking a thousand dollar entries, you're usually not getting people a hundred points below the cap in that you're getting people within 50 points of the cap and they're pretty confident and competitive with, everybody in there. I mean, I would play anybody that's 30 to 50 points ahead of me in Fargo. Well, maybe not at the moment, but I just got beat up by Savannah. So my ego is really, really, really low. What's your, what's your Fargo at Jack? It's, it's, it's too low for you. Actually, it's about your right, right around where you are. It's about 575. Oh, I'd flip oh, the coin with you. With, oh, I know you would. In a heartbeat, I can see you salivating. You can't even beat a 13 year old Jack. I might, I might head over to, I might head over to Las Vegas just to, just to help out a little bit. We can do something. We'll figure something. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, before we get into this particular event and Mike's got it up on the screen and we can leave it there so people can kind of see it. Um, do you, I, I kind of asked you to do a little bit of homework. I'm not sure if you were able to, but yeah. I know you've been doing these events for a couple of years now. And I was there for one of the events. I think you guys did it or maybe it was before you and Jason kind of got together. I was commentating a match and, uh, or commentating the tournament and Susan from Arizona, uh, won the tournament. And I want to say she walked out the door with like $26,000. Yeah, that wasn't our tournament. That was Marcus okay. Graham's, uh, tournament that he runs oh, at yeah. Riffs, which is the Sam Lynchum Memorial. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yep, that's, that's similar up, concept, that's coming right? coming up this week, next, either this weekend or next weekend. I forget. Got it. Similar concept though. High dollar entry. Yep. Big payouts. Big so, payouts. That one, that one was a single elimination on the big tables. And Marcus paid, I think, winner take all in those single elimination? For that was single elimination. We don't do single elimination. 
combinations anymore in these high entries. We used to have the gunslinger that way, but we don't anymore. Um, but yeah, that concept where you're heavily vested into it with our tournament, if you're in all side pots, it's $1,600 unless you want to qualify. Um, but take the Mako last year where we had 80 players in, um, at Griff's in December. Uh, we paid, the winner took home $50,000. 50 grand. Um, yep. 50 grand. That's, and that wasn't counting the online player auction. That was just the tournament and side pots wow. with it. Um, but yeah, we started we started running these tournaments uh, coming out of uh, the pandemic in 2020. Jason came to me wanting to do a bar table version of the Sam Len show, actually, and that's what he he said he had the perfect name for it. It was the Moby Dick, the Great White Whale of tournaments, I like it. and um, it's it, that is the flagship event that really brought Mob together because at that point it was just kind of Jack and Jason doing a tournament, and then the brains of the operation, which would be my wife Rebecca. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree with uh, that. If you guys gonna, absolutely. Uh, if you guys are going to do this, make a business of it. And she came up with MOB. MOB stands for Murray Osborne oh, Billiards. Okay. Um, and it's great to play off the Vegas MOB yeah. theme with everything. Oh, she's she's got the brains. We all know that. <clears throat> so we, we came up with that tournament, and then we started doing a few other things. And in 2021, which was our first year, uh, we paid out 195000 with no added money um, to any events, not counting the, the online player auctions or our mob tour, which is a lower entry event. Uh, then last year, that number went from one ninety five to 305000 uh, wow. And this year, with the upcoming Mako, uh, the Megalodon as it sits, so it would be much more if we get a larger field, and the Desperado, if it goes through, which we're hoping that will as well, that's another event we'll talk about. Um, we should be well over 350000 in total payout. So in two, three years, we've paid out around 850000 No kidding. Wow. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Hey, Melinda. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun to see. And, you know, I know there's a lot of chatter, good, bad, and all those things. And we'll get to talk about this later about Fargo rate. But without Fargo rate, none of this could happen. Because we've had players travel from over 30 states uh, in three provinces in Canada to come play in our events. And nobody would trust that a tournament director in a, foreign, in a, in a different state is going to have an honest rating system right. for them and a $1,000 entry. And no tournament director is going to trust that a player is appropriately rated um, without a global rating system. So I always tip my hat to the guys at Fargo rate who are some of the hardest working guys. Yeah. And you know, we have a question in the chat. I think it's a good question. James Brinson asks, do you guys allow savers? You mean by yeah, people yeah. chopping? So really there's no way we can right. stop it. The last thing I want to do is say no. And then they play a fake match. Right. Essentially right. They, they make it. So if somebody does want to chop something, there's not much we can do to stop it. We prefer to have it play out. Now, when it comes to our side pots, quite often they'll make a saver because we have a, a $100 and a $300 side pot that pay multiple places, but then there's a $200 side pot that's winner take all. And sometimes that's in the upwards of uh, eight grand just for the one side pot, maybe 10 grand in that ballpark. And so if they're playing the match for that, you know, sometimes they'll put a either chop it or do something else, but we will. Um, like I said, we want to keep everything open and transparent. That's one of the things that we've always strived for is to be very transparent with our payouts, transparent with um, and clear with how we take uh, entries and 
eligibility. Yeah. What have you found has been like the most successful, like, you know, honey hole when it comes to like a range of, of Fargo as far as like filling a, a field and then, you know, none of the bullshit either. Yeah, the five the five eighty and under group and the five fifty and under group, and, I, and it sounds like it's the same group, but it's kind of two player bases. Those those tournaments fill up usually very fast. Surprised actually, we still have some room in the Moby Dick for next year, but that's that's going to fill up soon. That's five sixty four and under that we announced not too long ago. We did the draw on it, but that under six hundred level to the high four hundreds, they they not only are excited about the events, but they are eager to, to, to enter. When we did the drawing for the last Gilligan, which was a 515 and under, we filled it in three days with a pl- field of 64 yeah. players. Um, so it, it really And by contrast, quick. the 699 and under events or anything in the 700 and under events, uh, those you're having a harder time filling. So I'm really curious to get your thoughts on why that might be. Well, there's there's one obvious factor. For every six six eighty player, there's probably 500, 550 and under players. Is that, in that ballpark? Is that so it's a much smaller pool of fish. I'm I'm pulling that number out of the top of my head and guessing, but I would bet if you go to Fargo Raid, it's probably not okay. that far off. Let me get but Mike on the phone. If you do Let's a, settle this shit right here. There yeah. we go. We, yeah. we can get Mike get, get Mike or Steve on the phone. Either one of them. They they're they're pretty good. But it's pretty close. You, you've got a much smaller player base when you're going towards that number, so you don't have as many people up there for it. But also a lot of the players in that range, um, they, they play more seriously. They're playing for the heavy money, and they also like to hold on to their money. They don't want to put down a $200 deposit six months yeah. out where others will. Um, the downfall with that is everybody keeps texting me, asking me how many people are on the list. And if everybody that asked me just signed up, we'd have a full field already. Really? Um, it's, they're, they're a little hesitant in that sense. Um, also in that ballpark, there are more of those players sometimes have backers or, or I don't want you call it a, um, corporations together. Maybe they're putting them in for an event like this. Yeah. So it just depends. There, there are some different reasons. The frustrating thing for me is it's all, that is also the group that complains whenever they see a, a 600 and under or a 550 and under big money tournament that they don't have one. Yeah. And then when you put it out there. You know, this is a common theme that I hear around the country. And, you know, you asked me if I was coming to this event and you happen to schedule it on the one weekend I have to work all year. (laughs) Yeah, please check my schedule before uh, creating any of these tournaments. But uh, I have a friend of mine who does streaming in Maryland. And recently he put out a post like I think it was um, shaming, I guess, the higher rated players that are not playing in the U S open. And you know, his point was you complain about all these capped events, you know, here on the East coast and here's an open event, the U S open where you can go and play in it. And I kind of went back at him and I'm like, it's not exactly fair. You know, it's to, for a 700 player to go and play against 800 players, invest all that time and money. You know, it's not really comparable to them just wanting to play in a $40 local event or something like that, you know. Um, so I think there's this well, in that kind of money, I think there's I this perception, though, Jack, that uh, players around my speed are real nitty when it comes to entering events like this. And they Joey want, Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, they want to make sure that they have the best of it you know, before entering or, you know, maybe they're a little more skeptical that somebody could slide in that shouldn't be in there. I mean, do you think that comes into play at all? 
I think a little bit, but I think that's, I think pool players of all level have that, a, a little bit of that in them. Um, but you also have to kind of take the thousand dollar entry aside because that's an exceptional aspect. When you're talking about the 40, 50, 100, $200 entries, that same 700 that doesn't want to have to compete against the 800s is asking the 600s and 500s to play them even uh, in that same ballpark. So they're, you know, in, in the tournaments when they're saying these people should play up and play even, it's the same thing where they want to earn their oats. But I do think that even when you have like at a, at a 600 and under tournament, you're going to have the people that are right at the 600s that want that, like 602 that are upset they're not getting in, but the 520s may not want to get into that because of that aspect. It, it, it's a little bit of everything, but I do see more of it on the higher, higher I have a different level. theory. Can I lay it out there? Okay. It, I believe that players in the lower skill levels are more often accustomed to overrating their game. I think that there's just this natural tendency to think that you play better than you do. And I see complaints all the time, like Fargo can't be right because I know I play 580 speed and I'm 520. You know, you don't hear many people that are a 680 saying I should be a 750. But I hear a lot of people that are 450, 500 saying they should be 580, 600. Or Fargo says I'm a 520, mm -hmm. but I know I'm up around, you know, six, low sixes. And so I really think that a lot of amateurs that, you know, are in that range, you know, that would qualify for some of your lower Fargo tournaments have a tendency to overrate their game. And maybe it's true in some cases, you know, maybe they're in the right situation where they, they haven't, um, I guess, performed in events that were Fargo rated or submitted to Fargo and they feel like, hey, I can make money in this event. That's just my theory. You 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 could be definitely be onto something there because I do know many more players in the in the lower skill levels. Um, as Jeremy Jones said, weak players. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the guy in Florida, but uh, uh, you know who who may overestimate their games um, a bit on that. That probably does. It, it's the confidence uh, where they are with it, and also. Again, a lot of the players that are six ninety nine and under come through the where they've been. They, they've been through the grind. They've been through everything. They have a, a realistic aspect from matching up and yeah. game gambling. Uh, in that aspect, I think that sense is a little bit different. So you might yeah, be and maybe there. you know seven thirty and under, kind of you know six fifty to seven thirty. You're getting more into semi pro range, and and mm -hmm. some of those players and this is a huge generalization, but some of them may not be the types of folks that hold down like the stable jobs and they're kind of grinded out, making a living, matching up and playing pool events. And so maybe that's why they tend to be perceived as nittier. I don't know. Um, whereas no, you have somebody who's a 500, they're a pool enthusiast. They love pool and they also happen to be an accountant with a good job and a thousand dollars is nothing to them. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's why with the desperate, one of the reasons with the Desperado tournament, because there's a, again, a smaller base and some of that aspect, we capped that field at 16 players. That's a $1,500 entry, by the way. Uh, so a 16 player field will pay the same as the 32 player field of the gunslinger for the top place. Um, but it's a way we did that specifically for those semi-pro players that are always having to go get beat up on by the pros yeah. in the open events 
um, and don't and they're not they really aren't an amateur level. Um, it, they're above the amateur level. So we wanted to have an event for those guys that could get them a good payday in this sense, too. And also for us and for Griff's Billiards, who's hosting this event, it puts on a great exhibition of talent because it'll be fun to watch those matches. Absolutely. I mean, you could Can you some of the names that are in the Desperado. Well, we don't have a lot right now. That's one reason I've got the post up there, but I absolutely can. Um, Ruben Silva of Tucson. Um, yeah. Uh, um, Victor Kakuza of Utah is there. I mean, let me just kind of look through something really quick. Uh, just going to our website because that's better than my memory is. Our website is mobbilliards.com. All right. So we have Ruben Silver, Victor Kakuza, Savannah Easton uh, is playing show in some it. Hearts and then, uh, wow. That's strong right there. She's Mark rated as like a 580, yep. and she's playing in the seven. Uh, no, she's she's a 594 and probably higher after she trounced a 575 recently. Who's the 575? Um, we only have four players on that list right now. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that Rick Glasscock wants me to put him in. I want you to put me in, Rick. Come on. I'll take a shot. There you go. No, but seriously, what I would recommend for those of you that are checking out this, this video is go into the Fargo app and use the filtering and check out your state and look at players who might be 700 to 730 and see, I mean, you might be in a situation where you can help put somebody in this event and then work out some kind of deal where you collect quite a bit of money if they do well. So everybody knows that really good 715 player, you know, 720 player in their area. You know, if you're, if you're so inclined, put them in this event and then split the winnings with them. That's what I do. So on our website, I have a breakout of a, a payouts for the full field of 16 players. And first place, not counting side pots, because we don't know how they, how many would get in, would be 11,200 for the first place in a 16-player okay. field. So add another probably 10 to 10,000 due to side pots on it, because that's a two, three, and $400 side pots. It will pay very yeah. well. Definitely. And I wonder why a guy like Nick ain't playing this event. Because Nick's always talking about there's, there's nothing Nick to play Nick's Nick's yeah, just too high. Couple. I think he's a, oh, is he? He was seven. He was seven thirty on the dot when we announced it. Or no, I think when I actually sent because I, I sent out messages to a lot of people that were seven thirty and under, and he was seven thirty on the dot when we announced when when I messaged him. But when we announced it, he was over. Hey, uh, Jack, where can people find out more information? We got people in the chat asking where they can see these flyers. Absolutely, our website is mobbilliards.com. That's mobbilliards.com, and we have all of our active tournaments that are set up on that. You can just go to the tournaments page. You can also follow us on Facebook. Um, Rebecca tells me I'm on Facebook too much. She uses a much more detailed word, um, but <laughs> what, uh, what? It, I, I definitely What's keep that people today. What's that word? Jeff? Yeah, I'm a Facebook whore. Is what she says. I'm a ah, Facebook whore. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, it, Melina, if you could go back to that shot with the uh, Megalodon, uh, which is coming up because that one's coming up in like three weeks. And it seems like you have room for 64 players in this event, but you're, yes. we have yeah, you have 17. So, so, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here. Uh, what, and what? if you think about it, maybe even a better return on investment, uh, than the Desperado, because if they end up getting 50, 60 players, this thing's going to pay huge. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yes, it will. So do the same thing I said. Go into the Fargo app, do six seventy five to six ninety nine or something like that, and figure out who you want to send to this tournament. Uh, should be a uh, really good opportunity there. When when I see the two hundred dollar non refundable deposit, I'd imagine it gets refunded if it doesn't fill then, or you guys don't have the event. Is that right? So the correct. Uh, we've only not had an event one time, and that was the original Megalodon uh, when we tried it last year. Last year, when we did it as a seven twenty and under, and we only had six people enter, and everybody got their deposits back. If you become ineligible, it's it's refundable as well. If a player went over the ten point cushion, the only reason it's non refundable is if you withdraw. Uh, in that sense, uh, because we basically don't want people putting their name on the list for posterity's sake and then backing out last minute, which unfortunately doesn't happen. Not with pool players, Jack saying so. Hey, I our buddy in the I chat, know. Rick Glasgow. I thought we had action. He's like, I'll enter you, Joey, but I can't do the six ninety nine and under because I'm out of town. He followed up with in the six ninety nine and under. <laughs> Not the 730. <laughs> he doesn't have that much faith in me. But I appreciate that, Rick. But I'm actually out of town for the, the Megalodon. I won't be able to make it. But uh, You just saved yourself some money, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, some, there's some other horses yeah. out there for you, Jack, Rick. tell us so, how uh, the whole naming conventions for these tournaments came up. And take us through all the different names that you guys have for the different events throughout the year. Okay, well, the names come from uh, Rebecca, because if it was up to me, there would be like a six ninety nine and under. That's about it. I'm not the most creative person, but uh, um, Jason came up with a Moby Dick for the original one. Then we have the Puddle Jumper, which is the low skill level $300 entry. That's the people just learning to fly and getting their wings. Um, and that's this last year was a four fifty six and under. Then we have the Gilligan. Um, uh, that's this year was a 515 and under the year before was a 540 and under then the Moby Dick, which this year is, or in 2024 will be a 564 and under the Mako, which is the slim speedy sharks is the 649 and under this year. Then of course the Megalodons, the big sharks, um, and that's the 699 and under, um, and then Rebecca came up with the Desperado. And then we also have the Gunslinger. And the Gunslinger is going to become more of a Gunslinger because uh, the next year it's going to be nine ball on the nine-foot tables instead of ten. Nice. And these? With no, with no nine on got the it. The though. Megalodon and Desperado are no, on nine-footers? Um, no, Megalodon's on seven-foot. Uh, no, yeah, the Megalodon's on seven-foot. The Desperado's Man, I on can't nine. Believe I, I can't believe you scheduled it that weekend, Jack. That's the perfect tournament for me. Shucks. Joey's got so much gamble too. He for sure would have gotten in it. Gosh. <laughs> Can't believe just, that happened. Get your ass in the puddle jumper, Melina. Wait, so what happened? Oh yeah, he's not in that what's, one. What's the puddle jumper? Which one's that one? It's like that was a four fifty six and under. Yeah, you're you're not you're not in that one. Just, no, just not, according to Joey. I'll tell you what, Joey, I'll play you as a as a four fifty if you want to do something like that, big boy. Oh, 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> um what was I gonna ask you, Jack? So um uh, let's say that there's someone who wants to get, who's looking for, for, you know, to get staked or whatever. Do y'all have any way of, of facilitating that? You mean finding them a, a, a stake horse corporation or, or whatever? Yeah. You know, cause maybe I, you know, it's actually an interesting it. idea. Like, it, you know, it's something that we haven't ever really even talked about and hasn't come up. Um, I, I could check to see. I mean, that, that's something we could look into. But the hard part is when you're talking about this kind of money and a player that the horse, the staker might not know is is tough. Um, and I do my best to stay out of other people's action. 
um, because it's not my place necessarily to make a game or recommend somebody with it. So I don't know if yeah, that's something I I'd get really the vouching for do. the character. That's for sure. And and yeah. definitely, yeah. you know, if you're running the event and you helped get three people in the event or you're part of the corporation, I could see a lot of problems. No, no, no. I'm not saying that he'd be part yeah. of that, that team to put the player in. Right. I'm just saying, like, yeah, like if let's say some you knew of a player who was like, man, I really want to go, but, you know, I can only swing, you know, 500 out of the 1,500. Well, let's see if we can get, you know, a couple guys together who just like to gamble and maybe have a little bit of faith in the name and, you know, want to, you know, see if it sticks. Yeah, and I've, I've done that locally, I guess, with a couple players for some tournaments where they were short on something, and I said, well, you know these people, go talk to them. But it was where they knew yeah, each yeah. other yeah. in that sense. It, it's hard to do it when it's a new face. I got an know, idea. Maybe. We're going to talk, Joe, with me and you after we get out of here. I got okay. an idea. Got so, an idea. <laughs> Jack, do you have an idea of, like, your geographic reach that you've had with these events? Because I know – He said, like, 30 I, states. Was it 30 states? Did yeah. you say that? Yeah, we've had 30, 30 states, and, and so we've had players from uh, Alaska, Hawaii, basically every almost every state west of the Mississippi, um, in Florida. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure Georgia. I don't think Georgia. South Carolina, Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio. Uh, it's a and lot. then Saskatchewan. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. any other countries? Just Canada? Okay. Just Canada. No, Not to my knowledge that anybody's come from out, anywhere else, but yeah, That's there's quite cool. a few. That's, yeah, I like that. So one thing that was brought up in the chat, and I think it's it's kind of an interesting idea, is the notion of maybe a Scotch doubles tournament. Because I know that there's a lot of people that on their own would say, eh, I don't know if I'm putting up $1,000 you know, but if if they're partnered up with someone like I just Melina Mike, I got something to split costs with too. Yeah, Melina Mike would for sure That's throw a thousand dollars if he knew I was his partner. So if you did something like a you know twelve hundred and under <laughs> or something like that, have you given that any consideration? Well, we actually have. I, I can't I can't tip my hand completely yet, but we have a big event coming up uh, next year that will be a huge scotch event, but not, not a high, the high entry aspect, but it's going to be a big scotch. Um, the high entry scotch is something we've talked about, um, but really haven't had, uh, haven't acted on because unfortunately there's only so many weekends in the year. And this year with mob, I think we're running 35 tournaments and I also work for the rum runner here in town and run 16 for them in a year. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it gets a little I think that busy. would be cool, though. High dollar entry. I, I, I think you're onto something, but keep, keep your ears peeled because we have something really exciting coming with Scotch Doubles in Vegas next year. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Jack, I got to ask you about any controversies or things like that. I know when people come home. First, I made a post last night on something Dominic Dunn was had in the dungeon, um, but you know, what typically happens, somebody goes to a tournament and then they come back and they're like, oh man, somebody got in that tournament and they should have never been there. And they ran out four racks in a row on me. And, you know, I find that typically that's an exaggeration <laughs> that, you know, when you really, like, if you watch the match, well, maybe they broke the nine in once, or maybe they played a combo or, you know, maybe they just happened to play well. And I got the thinking like, don't you have to play better than your Fargo to win a tournament? Usually if, if me and a yes. bunch of six ninety sixes got in a tournament together, 
the one who wins the tournament is probably going to play above their Fargo. And the Fargo is not saying how Jack Murray is going to play tomorrow. It's saying how Jack Murray played over the last, you know, however many matches that he's played. And so this idea to me is, it's kind of an interesting one, but people tend to rather than look at the three ball, they miss when the score was two to two, right? Things that they can affect and change and, you know, mistakes they made, they tend to go back to the rating and people gaming the system and all of that. What are your thoughts? Do you get complaints about that? How do you handle it? That kind of thing. So there's, there's a few points in there. Um, the number one thing is pool players have the worst memories in the world when it comes to when we lose matches. And I'm as guilty as anybody, but Not pro I had a player players. this last week in our 575 and under who told me the guy broke and ran the whole five rack set on him. And I watched the guy shoot once yeah. each game. Uh, so the, the term put a five pack on him may means they won five games in a row, but that's it. And they, they use some exaggeration on it, but you know, also you, you nail, you hit the nail on the head because Fargo rate is not, the best of your ability. Fargo rate is kind of your median where you're performing at. And you've got a bell curve that's going to be from, you know, I'm a 575 and I can play at a 475 level or I can play at a 675 level in that ballpark in a given set. And if you only see one person play, if you saw me play in that my best set, you're going to say, well, this guy's obviously underrated right. in sandbag because he's a 575 and he just played flawless. Uh, actually, I don't think anybody's ever said that about <laughs> me, but um, the it's that that's a natural tendency. And, um, I'll go back to the days in Arizona with a ratings committee that was by opinion. And the problem is one tournament director sees a player play one day and another tournament director sees them play a, a different day. And that person is playing two different speeds at that time. And that's why at one reason I really like Fargo is it takes everything into account. Um, now also there are, there, there are the possibilities that some people do try to work the system still, but that those accounts are far few and in between of what people actually complain about with that. So, you know, there is no, as long as we have rating systems, we're going to have, and handicap systems, we're going to have players trying to work it. Uh, the PGA or the USGA handicap system in golf has been fighting this for years. Uh, with it when the guy nine puts the last green to make a, a different flight with his handicap or something of that nature. Um, so it's, there's things in, that we put in play to, to try to prevent it. We're not perfect um, with everything, but we try to make it the best competitive aspect for it. And I know there's a lot of tournament directors out there that do an awful lot to, to work on it. And if any tournament directors ever have any questions about what we do, I'm happy to talk with them on it. I don't like putting a lot of what we do out in public because for the people that may have malicious intent, I'd rather not give right. them a roadmap. And so, with so it, when but, people have their scores public, which is required to enter one of your events, mm -hmm. um, it's safe to assume that when they do enter the event, you take a look at their scores, right? And if you see, especially well, in the last six months, a whole bunch of goose eggs for them, you know, that's a red flag and something that you have to consider. Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. And you can see where they are. And if you see a 580 losing badly to some 400s in even matches, there's all sorts of red flags you can see with it. Um, but it's it gives you the data history on it. I, I don't see a lot of it. I mean, there's there's only been a, a few players, a handful that I've had issues with where we've said no or got games taken out of Fargo and possibly even had them banned from Fargo. If, if Fargo does that, I'm not sure that that's, I don't want to speak for them by any means, 
Um, but there are there are the potential of people. Let me handle them. I'm real system. good at blocking people, Jack. We're just get, we're, yeah. good. We're, we're good about <laughs> it. There you go. But no, we but we have we we do look at all of the data. We look through everything, and we also um, try to see how players and we continue to watch where the for the ten point cushions and those things. There's all sorts of different things that we look for. Yeah, in there. Um, and one thing you know, I know a lot of people talk about Salado that you. And there's a myth that if you play a match in Salado, it automatically goes in and no one ever looks at it. That, that first off, that's not true. Salado has background checks and things that they do on their end. But also the great thing about a Salado match that you play is that has to be public in your rating. You cannot yeah. hide that. So if you play a Salado match and it goes into Fargo, not only it, and that's you'll see it with your when we had your rating right here, your, your history. If you see right next to Colby and Jack Murray there, you see that little Salado right. logo that shows up in your data. So everybody can see yeah. what you do. And peer review is the number one uh, way to make the game better. You know, you see something shady, call it out. Um, whether you're a player, a tournament director, a league operator, whoever you are, just do your well, best. Do you, do and you it doesn't call have to be though? We don't when and when I say call them out, don't let them play. So I don't necessarily get into the public shaming because we are a business and we don't want to get into a libel situation or anything of that aspect. Um, but we won't let them play, and we'll tell them why. And we have a list of players we won't let play. But why not? Um, why not just something like that? You know, we're not letting so and so person play in our event. You know, if somebody asks, we, we do we do put that. I out there. I think that there's a lot of players that complain about people trying to game the system and then they get mad that, you know, folks like Jack or Salado or Fargo are not publicly shaming these people. I think it's up to us as the pool community to narc them out and, you know, kind of like a bad action list. Joey, who have you sold out, Joey? Who have you called out? <laughs> Joey ain't got a call out bone in his body. I mean, I don't get into all the details, but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to complain about it and you're going to say, oh, this person, this person, whatever, hey, you know, let people know about it. It's if, not if you it's know, true because there's I see a lot it all of the time. I know three people in this town that have been cheating Fargo for six months. What'd you do about it? You know, are you a tournament director? Yeah. Have you talked to the tournament directors? You know, have you called them out? You know, like, knock them out because, like, we need integrity in this game. So. And I will, I, I do have to say that I do have quite a few trusted players that will message me or tell me that, hey, look out for this player and these things. And I understand some people don't want to take a public public stance on it because they don't want to get into the drama of it and that aspect. But what you just said of reaching out to the tournament directors, reaching out to the league operators, reaching out to Fargo rate and those kind of things are great. It helps everybody out there. Um, I, I have all sorts of people that will that I trust that uh, message me on things. And uh, I get a lot of messages, but you filter yeah. through those. Well, Melina, throw that flyer up, up one more time. Let's try to get some people in this event, guys. It's coming up October 14th and 15th uh, in Las Vegas. That one's at Griff's, Jack? At Griff's. At Griff's, Great yes. Great pool room. It's the Megalodon, $6.99 and under. You needed to be a $6.99 on the day they announced it and June yeah, 14th. and on the 14th. So, um, But, guys, reach wait, out. Wait, you got to be one when it announces and on the 14th? No, and when and you when register. register. Got it. 
Yep. So at point at the, at the time of registration, as well as when we announced, well, how and do then I know after when you, you register, you have a ten point cushion because it's on the flyer. It says as of six uh, June fourteenth. Okay. So you have to not only on the fourteenth of June, but then also. Okay. Yep. And if you're if you're curious, if you're eligible, just send me a message, text me, whatever. Uh, my contact info is usually all over our website. Uh, it's also on the flyer right there. Um, I'm happy to answer questions. If you if you'd like to play and you're not sure where you were back in June, just let me know and I'll let and I'll find out for you. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm looking right now for players in Arizona, California, uh, Nevada, Utah. You know, I mean, if you're 680 and above and you're not playing in this event, what's wrong with you? Yeah, and you know Chris Lulick's already on that list. He's already That's he's already boy. signed up. Hey, Chris Lulick, I told Rick Glasscock to take him in the Calcutta for the last big event, and he's like, hey, what do you think of Chris Lulick? I was like, take him, and Rick didn't do it, and Lulick finishes second. I don't know if you remember that. Was that one of your events, Jack? Uh, that was the um, uh, the gunslinger. Uh, he finished second to uh, <laughs> Rishu Singh uh, from Canada. No, no, it wasn't Rishu Singh. It was uh, oh, guy from California. Yeah. Forget his name. Sorry. Cool. Well, Jack. That's why we have Rebecca. She remembers Jack, everything. We love what you're doing. We think it's awesome that you know everyday amateur pool players can walk home with you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. And it's definitely uh, given us a lot to talk about, a lot of interest in the game. And so uh, I wish you the best of luck with this, man. Any Anything you want to kind of close it out with? No, I, I appreciate what you guys do as well. You guys are bringing a lot of light to the sport, um, you know, both the pro side as well as doing some things with us and the, the amateur side. But you guys are doing a great job covering it. Um, I have to give a huge shout out to Rebecca, my wife. Like I said, she's the heart and soul behind it as well as Jason who puts in a lot of work behind the scenes. People see me and talk to me and uh, in that aspect, but without uh, Rebecca, there's no mob without Jason, there's no mob. So uh, those guys are the heart and soul of the, the, the group. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you for coming on. Uh, you know, we hopefully, we hope that that, uh, uh, that event will, will fall, will follow through. Uh, we'd like to see some big players get into it. And then um, cool. you guys will have streams as well throughout it. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, because you guys just picked up a camera. so Yes, we've got, we, we just bought a very good camera from uh, some guy in Arizona. <laughs> Hopefully paid goods one. and services. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it's shipped already. They got the tracking number. It's good. But it's an awesome camera. So tell also, us about like the streaming for the events. So we stream all of our events um, are some of them that I'm there just running by myself. If there's a, some other things going on, I can't always do commentary, but we try to have commentary for all of our, all of our significant events. Um, and we also appreciate all the sponsors that have helped us as well. Um, give a quick shout out. If you don't mind to jam up apparel table 34 here in Vegas, Venom incorporated pest solutions, um, Caveman Custom Cues, that's Ruben Silva in Tucson, and uh, IV Fusion Therapy here in Las Vegas. But anybody that's interested in possibly joining us as a sponsor to promote your business, 100% of their contributions goes towards added money. We do not take anything out of that for admin. That goes to the players. So if there's anybody that would like to promote their products or their company, 
uh, with us um, and help the pool pool community, we're we, we're welcome and we're open. To, I tell you to what, I would really consider that, guys. If you have a business, because if you think about it, the finals people might be playing for twenty five or fifty thousand dollars. People are going to tune in for that. It's mm-hmm. a lot of interest. There's going to be a lot of people there. So consider sponsoring. Oh, we got a we got a guest. <laughs> She, yes, she's yes, training for the Gilligan or the Harry Potter. Or puddle jump, puddle jump. There you go. The puddle jump right now. Yeah. Yeah, we will we'll, we'll come up with the Harry Potter hey, tournament wait, later. Mike on. doesn't want to tell you she gives Mike the eight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't surprise yeah. me. She's adorable. Well, Jack, it was great talking to you. Thanks again for your support and best of luck with your events, guys. Sign up for the Megalodon. And the Desperado, Megalodon, six ninety nine and under. Desperado coming up in December, seven thirty and under. Take care, Jack. We'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend and uh, have a good trip to the U.S. On. There we go. There we go. I had to beat him to it. I had to beat him to it. Let's bring up that flyer one more time. There you go. Pretty sweet deal, Joe. You know, got a chance for a nice for a nice little payday. You know, it it kind of pisses me off that we don't get. I mean, Jack's right. And I'm guilty, right? There's an event that comes up for a 700 and under and everybody starts texting me like, Hey, you're whining about not having events to play in. Why don't you play in this one? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, with my schedule it's tough sometimes, but it, it's true. There's a lot of, you know, people in that 680 to 700 range that should be playing in that event. So, um, you know, show up. It'll be a, and imagine Mike watching the stream to that event you might get a, a glimpse into the next really good player. You know, that I've watched, I've watched, I, yeah. I'll tune in like on um, like, you know, let's say it's a weekend. I'll tune in on like a Saturday night on, you know, and then on Sunday, then I'll kind of, I'll check in here, there and start watching, you know, who's, who's going to what and, or I'm sorry, what the, you know, what the score is, things like that. And if it's close or, or somebody that I know personally, you know, I'll for sure sit in there and, and sweat it, you know, so, um, but it's great. It gives, it gives, uh, it gives players a nice, a nice little payday opportunity, you know? So, and I, and, you know, I, I posted that thing from, uh, from, uh, Salado the other day, you know, something that commented on, on one of my posts and, you know, I listen, I like the idea of, of calling these guys out, you know, I, I know there's some legal things to kind of keep in mind, depending on, on, you know, what your, what your business is, but, it's the pool community's job to hold people accountable, you know? Yeah. And, and so if someone's there um, and it's, it's obvious, right. And, and you know what they're doing, call them out. Give me a minute. Yeah. Babe, right? Yeah. And so just to go over again, what happened last night, guys, it was my bad. I, I misunderstood Mike's time issue. We were going to do the U S open preview. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to find time to do that. Maybe we'll do a Friday night, Mike. I don't know. You'll probably be busy packing or something. Yeah, No, I leave on Sunday. I, I, I thought it was Saturday, but I'm leaving Sunday. So Friday might work. Um, All right, we'll talk yeah, about it. Tonight, we, tonight I got Eddie Cohen on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a minute, babe. Or maybe tomorrow um, morning. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow will be good, too. Yeah. Um, all right. There's also a Predator event that's going on right now as well. Um, I don't know if you got a few minutes to kind of go over that, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for – there's a number of good matches today, but definitely I think it's the 8 o'clock round or 8.30 round where uh, it's the winner's qualification round. There's some serious matches in there. Uh, I don't know if you saw. You're going to show it, Mike? Yeah, let me see if I can bring it up here. Sorry, I got my daughter 
digging in my pocket like she's the WPA and I'm and I'm a pull tournament. Uh, <laughs> give me a second here. Uh, okay, but I'll give it to you in a minute. All right, you guys. So this is the uh, eight o'clock round. This is the winner's side of the Predator Pro Beard Series. Uh, a couple of Polish players playing up top in Victor and Bertunski. I'm really interested in this match at the bottom, Joey Tate and Federer Gorst. I think that's going to be kind of interesting to see how Joey does against Federer in that environment. I'm hoping that one will be streamed. I haven't seen the schedule yet. Um, no, it won't I, be, but, but Federer will have it on his YouTube channel. i just seen it in his story. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah. Tyler Steyer, Aloysius Yap. That's going to be a great matchup. That's actually uh, the TV table match for the evening. Oh, is, is it? That, yeah, is that Yap versus Steyer. So Yap's a former winner. I think he's the reigning... Uh, champion of this event if i'm not mistaken so and then we all know how well that tyler's playing so that's that should be a very interesting matchup yeah i'm definitely going to check that one out and then even in the some of the more preliminary i guess it would be the the losers round two they're calling it um and even right now going on in losers round one um there's matchups going on so you can check that out at world billiard tv i think it's also on samsung tv on channel what is it mike 1092 or something did that number? No idea. Oh, anyway, but check it out, guys. Uh, a lot of great matches going on. Uh, this evening round tonight is going to be really stellar. So I'm excited for it. Yep. Yep, yep. All right, buddy. Hey, good talking to you. We will. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you haven't checked it out, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash dogginit. Uh, we're going to be putting up a question today. And um, exclusive content you can get in on for not a whole lot of money. And we appreciate the support. All right, guys. We'll see you all later.